This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. This is incredible. You know when you get the text about your STI results? The three pie now. Lads, I've been getting the spreadsheets ready. He knows his stuff, this boy. Or go down the Harry Potter route and send an owl. Well, I think we should get on the Wembley headphones. By the end of the tournament, there may be a kiss. Edison invented the light bulb. And naturally, we had to get Mike Dean to a chicken shop. Be on the moon! <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to that Peter Crouch podcast, World Cup edition with me, Peter Crouch, Chris Stark and Statman Dave with me as usual. You okay, boys? All good? Yeah, very good. Dave, how are you? Yeah, sensational, sensational. I just wanted to um, ask you lads a quick question before we get into the podcast. Obviously, after the, the football on, on Sunday, I hadn't had any dinner, went to the kebab shop and the, the kebab guy nearly like lost his mind. He'd run out of food, ended up with uh, onion barges, chips, and chicken tikka. Uh, not my usual order, but the question is, lads, what's your usual kebab order? Bloody hell, way to kick it off. Well, hold on a minute. So y- you've gone to the kebab shop, <laughs> usually a Turkish restaurant. Mm. Uh, you've gone for onion barges and, w- and what? <laughs> onion barges, chips, and chicken tikka. This is actually, I think it's more of like an Indian kebab shop, my local one. Yeah, I did. I, I was starting to, starting to think that, yeah. <laughs> I've never been to an Indian kebab shop. <laughs> Pretty decent. You get combos that you don't expect, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, okay. No, I quite like that. You know, occasionally when you get a kebab and there's an option to have it in a naan, I quite like that. Do you? Yeah, a load of doner meat, lamb mint sauce, mm. and then the normal chilli sauce, garlic sauce on a naan is actually pretty decent. Yeah, you can get that wrong, though. Dave, why, why do you bring this up? Are you just interested to know what a kebab choice is? Or is there a wider story here? Did something happen in there or what? Were you recognised? What, what what happened? No, no, no. It's... <laughs> I was actually recognised as I was ordering my food, but not by the kebab guy because he, he kind of was, um, he was telling us that he hadn't got anything. So it's sort of like, no, we've run out of naans. And we could see him with some naan in his hand, like making some naan for himself. Like, have you got any meats left? No, we've got no meats left. And we've, oh, we've got some onion barges. And the onion barges grows from that point to chips and chicken tikka. So it was just an odd situation, to be honest, lads. I thought the man would sort me out. Um, but unfortunately, we were pretty late to the party after the football. We had another pint after the game. So kind of on us, really. Has Wembley Arena changed you, Statman Dave? Have you suddenly become this megastar? <laughs> that you feel you can turn up in a kebab place and expect them to, to have whatever food you want. It sounds like you didn't even go into a kebab restaurant and still demanded it. And they've, they've managed to pacify you with some bargies. <laughs> no, it hundred percent changed my attitude on the world. I feel like I really need to have a word of myself uh, after the world cup, you know, mm. talk about ego and failing the podcast, I think is a big thing, which is, well, obviously we're going to get onto that later on through the show. You know, we're not ignoring the facts. Um, of a certain team but yeah no it's, it's getting bad Chris to be honest mate mm. well let's, I think we should drill right down on that straight away actually Dave because you've talked about getting too big for your boots you know storming into an Indian restaurant demanding kebab um, you know like, I think we should drill down on this because it's bringing you right back down to earth yeah um, lots of angry punters on the uh, on the, so- <laughs> on the social um, yeah you know after your tip of Serbia being mm. um Fucking disastrous. <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? I think a lot of people that are tuning in for this podcast want to hear how we're going to deal with you, Dave. Mm, yeah. I think, I, think it, I think that's fair. I think a, a punishment probably needs to come. I think it was a, a poor choice of team. I think I let myself down. 
Uh, and I, again, I did apologise on Twitter after you, you, you know, you, you tweeted it, Crouchy, and hopefully the listeners understand that everyone makes mistakes in this game, and um, I will be back stronger. I think that's the. No, I'm sorry, I'm not having that. <coughs> There's everyone does make mistakes in this game, right? You are right, but you said as an outside chance that Serbia would win the World Cup. We have confidently been telling everyone that that is the case. They finished dead bottom of the group, didn't they? Yeah, but hold on a minute, right? I highlighted one of the most exciting teams of the tournament, right? Looking at the number of goals they scored and conceded, 13. Only Costa Rica were involved in more goals in the World Cup. You probably had two of the best games. I think Switzerland-Serbia was a banger. Serbia-Cameroon was an absolute banger of a game. The the issue was the lack of Lahovic and Mitrovic together. They only played 79 minutes together on the pitch, so... I feel like I maybe overshot my mark and I've let myself down. But I think people, like I think you guys got involved. I got massively involved and I enjoyed it. It was something a bit different. Going forward, they were exciting. There's no denying that. Defensively, mm. it, was a sh- it was shambolic, Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't argue You've with that. You've made Crouchy, our Crouchy, our poster boy, our financier, <laughs> our people's prince. Look like an utter twat. <laughs> How do you respond? Um, I, I, look, I will be open and honest, and I think there is a punishment that's needed, and the punishment should fit the mistake. So, look, I'm all ears. I think the listeners should get involved, what the punishment should be. Wow. I saw a few people tweet me, uh, listeners of the podcast, saying that they actually backed me financially. Uh, I'm not going to refund you, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to openly say I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a great apology for all for all the listeners. That, you know, I'm not going to reimburse you. <laughs> I think you're right. I think there does need to be a punishment of some sort, um, and we should be open to the ideas around that. Unless there's something you can think of, Crouchy. Yeah. No, I just think it's a learning curve. I think for Dave, obviously, like stats are his game, right? And um, I think predictions are an entirely different thing. You know, you got. <laughs> You've got stats and you've got, you know, this is, you, you give everyone the knowledge, you know, to make their own decision rather mm-hmm. than you making decisions. Because obviously, as we've seen here, you know, you can fall, you can fall flat on your face. Um, so if you just give everyone the knowledge to go and mm-hmm. make their own decisions, I think from going forward, I think that might be the best bet. I also think I kind of uh, I cashed in all my chips last World Cup with the, the Croatia call who obviously got to the World Cup final as the dark horses for that tournament. Um, I'm also three-time YouTube champion in the Premier League predictions, but obviously, Crouchy, we us YouTubers know nothing. It's evident. We know nothing. We may have the information, Crouchy, but we just don't, we don't get it. I think this is I think this is what you needed, Dave. As we know from the start of this podcast, you came flying in telling us about your, you know, Indian restaurant demands. Yep. that you demanded a kebab in an Indian. And I think this is just, you know, pulling you back down to earth after Crouch Fest. Mm. This is, you know, I can make statements like, it's like Croatia. I can say they get to the mm. final, then they get to the final. You need, you know, the, the next World Cup, you need something like this to happen to, for you to just get back on the on an even keel again. <laughs> so welcome along, everyone. If you're new to this series of that Peter Crouch podcast, we do this twice a week throughout the World Cup. Obviously, there's not loads and loads of fans out in Qatar. So we thought when we were thinking what we could do 
for the podcast during the World Cup, we thought, well, we'll do it the same way as a lot of people are doing it, watching it at home or in your local, that kind of thing. And then we're just jumping on from our respective places. Uh, Dave's in the stat cave. Crouchy's coming to us live from his house. Uh, I'm in my garage. And we just jump on and talk about everything that's been going on in the World Cup. And I'll tell you what, it's been eventful. Crouchy, I've got to bring you to your tweet. Uh, seems like a good place to start. You just tweeted the word it's. <laughs> and it, it, it kicked off, didn't it? That's all it took. It's your shortest tweet ever, surely. Yeah, but it's one of those where like you can't say it. It's, you know, it's, it's, all, it's, it's a bit... It's a bit knobby, isn't it? And everyone thinks it jinxes us and everyone else hates it and it wants us to lose. So it's just a little teaser. You can do whatever you like. I got quite a lot of it's Rebecca Vardy uh, back. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, obviously that that wasn't anything to do with that. So I don't want anyone after me. Um, (laughs) But um, what I would say is England were unbelievable, weren't they? It was was a joy to watch, uh, playing some great stuff. What I did wonder is, is the next game, if we do say go 2-3-0 up against France, am I just going to see a tweet from Crouchy just saying, coming? Because out of context, with a lot of retweets, you're not going to have the word before or after, but you're going to look very excited. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point, actually. Yeah, if you, I suppose if you take that and you haven't seen the first one, mm. you, you know, you, you'd class it as I'm incredibly excited. <laughs> um, England winning mm. so I hope it happens I hope we get to see it for the next game no one wants to see that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean the tweet sorry <laughs> I mean the tweet <laughs> so where would you like to kick it off boys do you want to talk about England first or uh, we were talking about nicknames on the last pod. I think like you guys have had thousands of messages from people with some great nicknames that we can get into. Mm. Or do you want to talk about some of the other games? Well, I, I have to say, I'd like, I'd like to, Brazil were, were sensational, oh. weren't they? Mm. And there was a huge issue that came up that arose from that match. Not just the fact that they were awesome and they were, they passed it superbly well. They cut through people, you know, Neymar, Vinicius. It was, there was so much to, so much joy that they brought, but there was the issue of dancing and, mm. um, you know, should they, are they rubbing, are they rubbing their faces in it by scoring and dancing after games? And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm going to say I enjoyed it because I've been known to throw the odd shape after a goal or two. And, um, I, I think it's, listen, you go back through the, some of the most enjoyable parts of World Cups. I think of Roger Miller, French, you know, dancing in the corner flag. I think of Bebeto. Um, when he had the baby, and the first time they did the, the baby celebration and the dancing, it's, it's part of Brazilian culture, and I think it's not taking the piss; it's enjoying your football. Which is, you know, when you see them coming off the bus, have you seen them coming off the bus? Mm. You know, that that is what a World Cup should be. They're, they're just they're all dancing before the game, and it's an it's an enjoyment, and and you can tell by the way they play, they enjoy their football. Um, and there's plenty of different cultures and places where. You know, things are different to what we're used to. Uh, and certainly Brazil and, and sort of that Samba effect um, is very different to what we're used to. But I, I think it's, it's, it's great for the World Cup, personally. In fact, in that first half, the Brazilian players completed more dances than South Korea had shots on target. That is a piss take. <laughs> Roy Keane was not massively thrilled by it, was he? No, he wasn't thrilled by it at all. Um, 
Yeah, but he wouldn't be, you know. And I, I think, you know, it's like it's like I don't know if you remember the Ellsbury Ducks. I don't know if you remember this. And if you if you if you do, they got in the in the cup, and they played against Wimbledon, I think it was, or Luton, wherever it was. Uh, Mick Harford was. They were doing the duck celebration. Mick Harford walks through them while they're on their backs, pretending to be ducks or whatever it was, and just stands all over them. <laughs> I just think that's exactly what Roy Keane would do in this situation. If you're a player on the opposite team, I guess my first question to you, Crouchy, is how are you viewing that sort of celebration? This is a massive game. It's tense. Does it border on shithousery? Yeah, yeah, it does a little bit. Well, I remember, you know, I think I've talked about this before, you know, in the FA Cup, when West Ham, you know, we beforehand we saw like Ria Coca and Alan Pardew, Anton Ferdinand, like they were doing a little, little jig before and it sort of got us up for it because we didn't want to see them dancing around the cup, if you know what I mean. And we were, we were losing at half time. And that was a, obviously a spur, spurred us on really. It's definitely spurred Stevie on to get the two goals to, to win, eventually win the game. But you know, definitely wind you up hundred percent. And I remember like when I did the robot for, um, against Jamaica, I remember I did it twice and then I missed the penalty. And then I'm not going to, you know, although I got my hat trick, that last one was, I was angry. I was frustrated. It was never a time to dance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it borderlines when you go into sort of four or five and you're still dancing, it's like a little bit, it can border into like being disrespectful. See, I think so. I think the thing was no one, I think begrudge is a bit of a dance when you celebrate or a bit of an organized um, duck routine. Uh, Phil Brown, whatever you want to go for. Like, it's cool. It's great to see. I think it's just the, the second that it was, it was a two part of a celebration. Mm. And I think if we start seeing that more, where do you draw the line? So my question to you boys is, should there be a time limit for celebration? So a bit like a shot clock in basketball, should there be a timer that comes on and we just all agree, look, if you score, you can have 20 seconds to do what the fuck you like. Right, but it's just twenty seconds. Yeah, my issue though is that if we do have a timer on it and it ends up going to VAR, that's going to take another ten minutes. You've had the double <laughs> celebration. Then has he gone over the time limit? We have a look at it, you know, back at Stockley Park. Um, you know how much? You know, we're already going into hundreds of twenty-minute frigging time added on as as it is. You know what I mean, we'll be there for hours. Oh my god! Can you imagine we had to go to VAR to check that your robot celebration <laughs> didn't hasn't go gone over the, the twenty seconds, and they slow it right down, cut to the animation, and your arms are mid mid robot. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. like, then I could say, but they they were in a natural position. Like I'd finished the robot, but I was running back. It was more of a it was more of a run. They were in a natural running position, not in the robot. Well, that's what it would have to be. It would have to be that you've got 20 seconds or 25 seconds. I assume 20 seconds. But you've got 20 seconds to then be on the other side of the line. Because that would be a fun scramble. If you had three, four seconds left on the shot clock or or the celebration clock. And these players are pelting to get across the halfway line to the point where they have to dive across it. Or it's booking, booking, booking. It's like Squid Game. You basically get shot. (laughs) 
We've had so many good nicknames sent in. We talked about this on the last one, and we love doing this just because I love seeing Crouchy smile. It does tickle me, like I say. I had someone, someone got in touch actually, said uh, they knew a Wayne Bruce, a, a man bat. Oh yeah, we're looking for one, aren't we? Yeah, they found him. They found him, but they've lost contact with him. Yeah, we, it would be great to find. That is uh, one of the many missions that's going on throughout this podcast. I, I can't remember how this kicked off, Dave. Wasn't this one of the Australian players, wasn't it? Yeah, Australian uh, Jason Cummings, who, whose nickname is Come Dingo. That's it. So that that kind of got people started. We've had a few good ones in. Um, first one from Chris. Uh, I play football with a guy called Keith. Uh, he had an accident and lost his eye, so he started calling him Keth. That's a belter. That's an absolute belter. (laughs) I've started calling Abby San Marino, by the way. Uh, Just dropped it into conversation the other day. She just, uh, she just completely ignored it. (laughs) Did you explain the context of it or not? No, that's what I thought. I bet I was going to do it whilst we were on here. If I can get her on, great, great, great. Oh, a hundred percent. We got to get her on. Should we try commit to that for the next podcast? She sort of features. Yeah, let's next pod then. When, when is that? When are we going to do that? Mm, uh, not fuck, sure. Fuck yeah, right. <laughs> let's, not, let's not commit to that. Let's commit to that, Marina. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. How about this one from Luke? It says, got a friend called Michael Foreman who quickly became Michael Foreskin in school and is now just known as Skin. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know the girl from Skunk and Nancy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's the same. It's not the same one. Nah. <laughs> We've got one from Johnny here. Uh, there was a French lad in my football uh, club called Bruno Frank, and the coaches decided to call him the backwards boxer. None of us got it because we were nine years old, but looking back, it was genius. <laughs> Super. That is that's very good. Uh, we had, obviously, we had Baxter Campbell, two soups from the last episode. I was a big fan yes. of that one. <laughs> <laughs> what about this one from Rollo? Uh, Zernaz Shakiri was known at Bayern as the Kraft Wurfel, <laughs> which translates as the Power Cube. <laughs> very, very inventive. That's amazing. What a great nickname. Kraft Wurfel. <laughs> Kraft Wurfel. You ever use that at Stoke, Crouchy? No, I, don't, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> I just should say, track back, you silly bastard, will you? <laughs> Do you want another nickname? Yeah, I think I've just seen this one. It's good. Is this the one from Connor? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah will you do it? <laughs> I've heard this from, a, from an Irish friend of mine who, who told me about this. I don't know whether he knows him or not, but it's a hurling player for, who played for his local club team in Cork. His name's obviously Connor Carney. Con Carney. And his nickname's obviously Chili. <laughs> it's, it's a classic. Yeah, any more of these, feel free to send them in. Just uh, get us up in the DMs or you can email us. What's the email address again? Peter.crouch at acast.com. Yeah, so just on the England game though, lads, like incredible really. I mean, I thought they played really, really well. Um, And the most important thing to come out of it was the ITV curse um, was a load of nonsense. Mm. Stats haven't really performed really in this podcast, in this sort of World Cup edition, have they? And this is another thing that people throw around that's just completely incorrect. Well, sort of. You made a very valid point though, Dave, which was because the stats were weighted such that England results are so poor on ITV compared to BBC that um, actually, statistically, we would start seeing England 
have more victories on ITV now. So actually, maybe this was the sea change that you suggested with your stats, Dave. However, I would also say it's a massive cop out from you, which was basically saying if they lose, ITV are a curse, and yeah. if they <laughs> win, then um, I'm right as well. On the on the basis of of, of that being correct, we're going to get pumped by France. That means. Do you reckon, Dave? If we're going on those statistics, yeah, it would be the, the case. Uh, but also they've got a guy called Kylian Mbappe that's Liga top scorer, Champions League top scorer and World Cup top scorer that we've got to kind of deal with um, as well. Yeah, but we will because it's not like he's a secret, is it? Like I, I, find, I do find some of the chat with him a bit <laughs> odd because everyone is just focusing on him. Like I, I'm more scared of Giroud personally. Do you know Giroud, Giroud like getting, was it 52 France goals? And you think of the players that France have had and to be the, the, the record goal scorer of all time is, is quite a feat. But I think at the same time, he's kind of like, he's not that flashy. And I think that's why we kind of miss him in a sense. You know, the last World Cup, he was sensational at linking the play uh, with Mbappe, but Mbappe got all the plaudits. And it's, it kind of goes into that that kind of thought. He's underrated, probably going into this tournament. But now, Crouchy, is he just rated? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's like like it's like Chris says there. Like we're all focusing on Mbappe and how dangerous he is, myself included. You know, he's because he's such a talent. But Giroud is like, you know, if we if we you know worry about Mbappe too much, you know, Griezmann and Giroud, like they've still got other mm. threats. You know, they're still a very very good team. Um, but having said that, I am getting carried away now. Um, <laughs> I've 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 jumped firmly on the bandwagon. And I and I've started believing, and um, obviously I don't want to say those twatty words that get us in trouble every year, but it feels something feels like it's brewing, and you know I know we do it every year, and we always get carried away, um, and everyone laughs as as at the end, um, but but it does feel like there's a special group of players um, this time, and it feels like there's a great group. I think there's a good manager in charge. We've got. We have the ability to beat any team. I think. I, mean, there's, I look at that France team, and yeah, it's good. But there's been better France. There's been better France teams. Even Brazil. I look at their brilliant side. But there's been better. You know. But we've gone out to better Brazil sides, and and I think we've got a better England side. So I am. I have started to believe a little bit. Yeah, and it feels that there's that progression as well. I know with the USA game, it kind of reset that, and everyone was after Southgate, and and you know tactics were questioned. I, I think you do have to. I mean, maybe you don't feel free to challenge, but the calls that Southgate made in this game were were right in terms of the starting lineup by the looks of it, or at least seem to be vindicated. Or is that just a result thing? But I do find it a tad odd. Like, what does that guy need to do to kind of for everyone to be fully bought in? It's still still feel an element of kind of trepidation about him. I agree. I agree. You know, there were so many people where I was, you know, I watched it, had a few beers again this time. And uh, lots of people talking about, oh, Henderson shouldn't be starting. Lots of people said, where's Rashford? You know, how can Saka, he rested Saka. Rashford came, came in and did fantastically well, but he made it quite obvious that he, was, he wanted to play Saka. Um, Henderson, I thought, you know, gave, and obviously he was justified with the, with, with the, with the goal, but I just think he gives us just a little bit more in these knockout games. I think he bosses it and people miss the fact that, uh, you know, what he brings. And, uh, yeah, listen, you know, he may have given a few passes away or whatever, but he, he, I think he's a, he warrants his place. 
I think as well with that, it allows Bellingham to play a little bit higher, especially in a defensive sense. And I thought that's something that, you know, we've not really spoke about with Jude. You know, we speak about the attacking side, his ability to carry, to dribble through. But I thought the most impressive thing was how he pressurised the Senegalese midfield and defence. He caused Koulibaly all types of problems with his pressure high at the pitch. You look at the stats of the World Cup, Bellingham for England's won the most tackles, he's recovered the ball the most, completed the most dribbles, and he's made three tackles in the final third, which is only beaten by Julia Hoylet in the competition. Crouch, we've seen pictures of Jude with Trent out on, you know, around in, in Doha. Henderson looks like a bit of a leader or, a, you know, someone for him to look up, look up to on the pitch. Surely that move to Liverpool makes sense. Oh, it makes sense, Dave. Yeah, it does make sense. But then I look at all the top teams around the world who need a midfielder like Jude Bellingham. You know, like... Uh, Manchester United have needed it for yeah. so long, haven't they? Real Madrid, you know, have got an aging midfield, you know, 19 year old and like, he can slot into there, no problem. You know, every, literally every team, Liverpool, um, you know, Chelsea, they, they, everyone sort of needs a midfielder like that. And, um, the thing to come out of this World Cup is that I think he can pick mm. any top club in Europe, uh, to go to after this World Cup if he continues in this form. Do you think he genuinely can? choose a club yeah I do obviously the financial package will be will, will obviously matter I think the, the length of the contract the manager in charge um, you know the size of the club and the and how where they are you know what, what they're going to win um, but Liverpool is a great option I mean it ticks a lot of the boxes a lot of the boxes God Henderson was can I dare I say it quite parchy with him he's really putting in the groundwork if he does go there Henderson you know, deserves some sort of kickback because it's, <laughs> I mean, at the point of the goal, honestly, it, when you see it in slow-mo, the intensity with which they look at each other, it, it, it was beautiful to see, wasn't it? But I mean, they would, I thought they were going to kiss. Yeah, I thought they would, but obviously they're not in a place to do that. There was a moment. There was a moment at Crouchfest where you and Dave, it looked, <laughs> <laughs> it was the same. It looked really similar. <laughs> right it went really slow and I held his face just like Bellingham <laughs> very very close but there's special times you know I've been scoring in World Cups Crouch Fest the moments the moments only come around once or twice in your life Crouch you're talking about the, the kind of forward line does Mbappe scare you as much as Haaland maybe if let's say if Norway were, were playing us in the, the quarterfinals who would scare you more uh, Mbappe scares me more because I, I, I feel I worry about our our, our potential centre halves against them. Um, mm. But Haaland would be the same. Um, the thing is with Haaland is like, can you stop the supply line? The thing is with Mbappe, he can get the ball from deep and run at you and scare the life out of you. And it was quick feet and his pace and his finishing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, you'd be just as scared with with either, wouldn't you? Absolutely. We've got a message from Carl, actually, who asks, who would you play at right back against Kylian Mbappe? Yeah, yeah. Carl Walker, yeah, has to, has to be, yeah. Just because he matches him with pace, I think it's been documented. You know, lots of people have come out and said it. I went back and had a quick look at the Champions League games between City and PSG and Walker in the last two seasons won 10 out of his 11 tackles versus PSG. So Chris, it could be, he could be the right one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's the kind of battle that everyone seems to be focusing on at the moment. And I think he can handle it, right? Is this what we're saying? Are we feeling confident about how that happens, Crouchy, your feelings? 
No, I'm as confident as you can be. I think that's the, the the issue is you know if Kyle Walker gets caught up the you know the the, the other end of the pitch at sometimes, um, and you know he's left uh, versus John Stones um, or you know Harry Maguire. I think then 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 you're in trouble. But um, I think as long as he is disciplined, um, I think he'll be able to handle him. I think another good sign for England is Harry Kane getting a goal as well. And I think that's what excites me about how we progress through this tournament is it feels like it's all building up. I think getting that goal out of the way, I heard something about Harry Kane, which was like, he's achieved so much and he's got golden boots that he won't necessarily care about the quantity of goals the same way he might have done in previous tournaments. He's confident in his role. He's confident in what he does. Maybe he gets held to account in a slightly different way to perhaps how he has done in the past. But getting that goal must have felt good, Crouchy. Yeah, I I think that was important. Like There would have been something... He would have been carrying something into into these kind of games, and um, I don't think for one minute he would have been snatching at chances. You know, he's not that type of player. But um, it's better that he gets a goal. You know, our front man getting a goal is uh, is obviously important, and it was a great goal as well. Wasn't it? it was yeah. a great, fantastic move from the you know, Bellingham. You broke the midfield lines and Foden, um, you know, with the pass, and and what a finish. Crouch, do you think there was um, any part of him that would, would be worried about that, considering that he has been creative? He's got three assists in a World Cup. You know, it's, it's the joint most of, of any player. Would you have been worried if you were coming into the quarterfinals and you hadn't scored, but you knew you'd been a key component in terms of linking the play? Yeah, like, it's, it, without doubt, like, the person that Harry Kane is, he's still be in the back of his mind. Like, he'd tell you otherwise, but he'd still be thinking about, oh, I haven't scored yet. You know, definitely be wrangling with him. He expects to score in every game. So to not score in three is, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be angry. Um, but yeah, like you say, I mean, some of his delivery, you know, when he goes out wide and he, you know, I think there's one cross on his left foot. It was like, like whisker away, mm-hmm. um, just whipped it in. He's 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 so creative, and he he gives us the license, you know, with the way he drops in for our, you know, our our forwards and you know wingers to 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 get to get higher up the pitch and, and make those runs inside. Do you know what we haven't had to experience too much of yet? Um, we, we should talk about it. It could go that way. Penalties, how they will be different, and. Uh, I mean, we've seen some unbelievably shit penalties this tournament. <laughs> I find it, I find it humiliating. You know, um, Lewandowski. Yeah. I mean, my God, like they spend the whole ninety minutes saying what an amazing player, and fair, fair enough, right? But then it comes down to you know he hasn't scored at a World Cup, gets his goal, has an opportunity from the spot. Wasn't that just one of the most fucking bad <laughs> things you've ever seen? Like, and then, he was lucky he got that retaken. Uh, yeah, but then Japan as well. Japan, some of Japan's penalties were like, were like, they couldn't get it. It's like they couldn't get it off the ground. Mm, it's the first time that a keeper's saved three out of four penalties at a shootout um, yeah. with Livakovic from from Croatia. And I think that that like, I don't know what you guys think about this, but I absolutely hate the their their stopping the run up. That really yeah. triggers me. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it as well. Yeah. I think there needs to be speed guns. If we're going to have VAR and everything, we've got to do that. I think if you break a mile per hour, if you're less than that, you can't fucking take it. Do you know what I mean? It goes to a goal kick. I'm really... Because I think, especially in the game now, where you're going to have cameras spotting encroachment, cameras cameras spotting keepers going off the line, 
I think it's too much to ask everyone to hold in a position whilst a striker pisses around with a run. If you're going to have these rules around encroachment, keepers off their lines, and measure it to such a fine detail, I think strikers have got to have some accountability in the run-up as well. Yeah, I mean, like those, like seriously, how long can you actually take to run, to run up? Like, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And like, when they miss, I even if I'm half cheering them on to score, I'm like, <laughs> you're like, good. <laughs> Silly bastard. Just a normal run up. <laughs> I just found it with Lewandowski. I found it so, because I, I, you think like, what a, what a player, right? What, what a standing in the game. And it was just a bit pitiful, really. But similar with the Neymar penalty. I thought that Neymar penalty was rubbish. Mm. But the, the, the South Korean keeper can't do anything. He's already planted his, his, his back foot. He's gone to go one way and Neymar's just waited. I just but think what it's... is that? Is, is that just because if you're a big player and you know the world's watching, you're expected to do something a little bit out of the ordinary with it rather than just go full missionary on it? Just spank <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's all reverse cowgirl now, isn't it? There's no, there's no like, there's no missionary anymore. <laughs> it is. Just, just get it home. <laughs> get it home. <laughs> does, does it, it doesn't need to be pretty. It's and it, I just like they're massive names, you know. And it's just, I just don't like to see it. Well, maybe anyway. it is the foreplay. You know, the run-up is the foreplay. You know what I mean? And the. The finish is the crescendo, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> That's where I think John Terry just always got it right. You know, there was never any mucking around. I don't know. I just, I, I think what we're trying to say here is a place for missionary. I, I definitely would prefer to see the England guys go full missionary than anything. If we do end up in that situation, one after the other, I want to see them step up. I don't want it to last bang. more than a few seconds. And bang. I just want it exact bang, 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 bang. bang. Semi finals, here we come. Okay. <laughs> Dave, you got any stats for us, mate? Yeah, got a few. England uh, top scorers of the World Cup with 12 goals so far, more than any other side. They've got the most clean sheets with three as well. If you look at the centre-back pairing between um, Harry Maguire and John Stones, they've just conceded one goal. Uh, that's a non-penalty goal so far in the tournament. So those statistics are very positive for England. Their expected goals are very good. Their expected goals against are very good. So it, generally, statistically, England are on the up. Good stats from you there, Dave. In fact, Dave, can we set you some homework? So for the next podcast, why don't you dig down on the penalties, right? And come back to us with what you think strategically, although, you know, you you don't carry too much weight in the stats world currently in this World Cup. But we'll give you another go. But strategically, (laughs) what is England's best route with penalties? Break it down with stats, what is our best route to success? Do you think you can give that to us? Yeah, also, um, Dave, I was, I was just thinking if you could uh, perhaps look at the stats of the penalties that have been scored so far in this World Cup and just see, is missionary a better way of taking them uh, as, as regard to, to anything else? Mm. I think that it can be done. It can definitely be done. And look, I want to redeem myself. Again, I would like to finish off the podcast by apologising. Uh, but yeah, I think this this is something we could look at. You know, overall strategy for penalties, completely randomised, is the best strategy. Uh, shooting with your um, stronger foot away from the goalkeeper. But we can go into it deeper. Hugo Lloris this season, 
in terms of post-shot expected goals. The metric the goalkeepers don't like because it highlights them, not anyone else. He's not doing too well in the Premier League. So I think we're well in there something here. Yeah. Also, dig down on substitutions for penalties as well. We'll discuss that. Could this be where Aaron Ramsdale comes into play? If he's there fucking yeah. dancing around on like the line, just, do you know what I mean? Just giving yeah. it like, is is does that make a difference, do we think? All to be discussed next podcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Really am, lads. Uh, we'll be back uh, just before the France game, so don't worry. Uh, we'll have plenty of uh, analysis and uh, feedback for you before that game. Um, Chumbawamba, back stronger. Yeah, Chumbawamba, everyone. Chumbawamba. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.